Sinners and Saints. Dust off those horns and halos. It's time for Alec After Dark. You know, sometimes I have this predicament about what I want to talk about. I don't want the podcast to be boring, and I want it to always be, at least if not informative, I want it to be funny or entertaining. So there is one topic that I've always been hesitant, well, so far to really talk about, because to me it is the most repugnant, repulsive topic that we could talk about. I just find it to be the most repulsive four-letter word that I can think of. And I'm not talking about dick or fuck or suck. The word I'm talking about is love. Now, I know you're wondering why do I seem to hate love or the concept of love in the first place? Well, obviously, I've been burned by my own feelings. I have loved a couple of times and it didn't work out. And I feel like I was cheated. I was... I got the short end of the stick, sometimes in more ways than one, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But it is something that brings out my bitterness and it makes me feel bad. Maybe if I talk about some of the things that have happened to me, maybe that will kind of alleviate some of this bitterness I have toward it. Now, I'm not one of these people that gets up on a soapbox and demands that everybody think the way I do, but I do want to be heard. I like my opinion to be known sometimes. I'm not going to present this episode as a means of shitting all over my exes. That's all water under the bridge, but I do feel like this could be a very therapeutic process for me to get through some of this I hate to use the word anger, but I'm going to use the word anger to get through some of the anger that I still feel, maybe not necessarily because the relationship ended, but how they ended. That's how we'll approach it, I think. Having said that, let's take a trip back in time to when I had my heart ripped out, my guts stomped on, and everything in between broken. Did that make sense? Probably not. One of the things that I find personally interesting about love, the emotion, is how strong it is when you're young. Am I the only one who feels that way? It just seems like when you're younger, the feelings, the passion, they are not only stronger, but they they affect you in a more powerful way. It seems like as I've gotten older, why when I've felt love, the feelings were strong, but the passions weren't necessarily as powerful as they were when I was 22, 23, 18. My first crush, you know, when I was like 13. I think as we get older, there is a practicality that sort of evolves when it comes to love. For me, the first time I was bitten by the love bug, I wish I'd gotten herpes instead, but I was mm, 21, um, almost 22, I believe. And let me just once again say that when I tell my stories, the names will be changed to protect the guilty, the satisfied, and the disappointed. So be it. Let's call him, let's call him Chase. 
Chase and I seem to have a lot in common. We both had a love of writing. We both were very poetic. I just thought he was the most handsome man when I first met him. There was just this sparkle in his eyes, and he had this beautiful blondish brown hair that just perfectly defined him, I guess, if, if I can say it that way. Physically, he was very attractive to me. We seemed to hit it off right away. Our conversation was easy. It was fun. It could be deep. It could be carefree. I just kind of knew after that first meeting that there was more to our connection than just a friendship. So we didn't live in the same area and we would correspond with each other in every way we could possibly, you know, phone calls, letters, and our conversations would be so deep and they would sometimes carry on for like hours without even realizing that time had had passed. And I knew that I was falling in love with him. And it was the most exciting feeling that I had ever felt. There was a magic to our connection that was beyond description. I really wanted to see how far it would go. Even at that younger age, I felt like I was ready to settle down with this man that I felt was the one. So much so that I gave up everything to be with him. And I thought that, you know, when we're when we're young like that, I, maybe I shouldn't say it like that. Maybe I should say, for me, I think I've mentioned it before in the podcast where I thought there were these steps you took. You found people that you had something in common with. You had friends. You started dating someone. If it was right, you would wind up getting married, and that was it. You would marry your best friend, and you would live happily ever after. And I still had that notion at the time that I met Chase. And so for me to give up everything... It was nothing. I was willing to do it. I was ready to do it because I knew that when it was the right person, that everything was going to work out just fine. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We were both writers and he was writing for a magazine at the time that we met. And he, well, you know, creative people can be very difficult. They can really frown upon or challenge someone that is critical of their work. So working for a magazine, of course the magazine had editors. It seemed like on every article he wrote, he was butting heads with the editor, even though I felt that the editor was just trying to help. His The editor wasn't trying to change his article, the theme of it, the tilt of it. He wasn't trying to change it in a way that took away from his original idea. Now, at the same time, I had landed an agent with a screenplay that I had written, and we were making the rounds of the studios and producers to see if how much interest there was. Well, at the same time that I was sort of ascending in a writing career, Chase had finally had enough and left the magazine over creative differences, in particular with the editor, not even the publisher, but the editor. So when he left the magazine, he really did have trouble finding... Well, he did have trouble. It was impossible. He couldn't find another job in the writing field. It seemed like that my writing career was going very well. The agent loved my screenplay, didn't feel that we needed to do any edits or changes, and we were shopping it around. So I felt really good about my success. 
but I also challenged Chase about his difficulties with the editor and tried to, to point out that it seemed to me and other people that the editor meant no harm, was just trying to help. Well, he didn't see it that way. And I guess because I didn't back him up 100% on his decision, that started this little bit of a wedge between us. And it seemed like the more he went without finding another job in the writing field, the more he seemed to take it out on me. I mean, at one point, okay, we were struggling. There was not much money. We didn't have hardly any money. We were, we were just scraping by. But you know me, I was in love, I was happy, and I didn't need money. All I needed was Chase. That's how blinded by love I was. One day, I received a gift from my brother, and it was a pair of high-top sneakers. Now, I didn't care what kind of shoes it was. I needed shoes, and I was very grateful for the gift. Well, Chase did not like it. He looked at him and he said, you'll, you'll wear those, those name brand, upper class kind of bragging shoes. And I'm like, what do you mean? I need shoes and these are the only ones I have. And so I knew then, even though my heart wouldn't allow me, my brain was telling me that Chase was picking at me on everything. There wasn't anything that he wasn't going to pick at if he felt like it was something that was a challenge to his beliefs. And this went on, this kind of back and forth went on for months, much to my bewilderment. Once again, though, I tried everything I could to make him happy. Yes, I did wear the shoes. He let that part go about the name brand and labels and trying to impress rich people or whatever he thought. He did know deep down that I needed a pair of shoes and we couldn't afford anything extra. As the months went on, he still couldn't find a job in writing, and that really did create even more of a strain. Finally, just one day, he just said, this is horrible. I can't do this. I don't really want this. And I just about collapsed right there. My heart was breaking in front of him, so much so that I can't believe I'm going to say this, but... I actually begged him to not do what he was doing. I begged him to stay. I, I told him that we could work it out. I would do whatever it took for it to work, to make it work. And he just said, there's no point. I am, I'm done with this. And he walks out of the room. So there I am basically on my knees in a pool of tears, barely able to breathe, in shock. And I wept for a little while. Finally, I picked myself up, dusted off my knees, came home. I came home to the I told you so's and just this, I was just at the lowest point in my life. And I think that my parents weren't going to let me live that down at that time. Now, they've changed a lot since back then. It really was one of those things where they were like, we told you that was going to happen. There's just no way that kind of relationship can work out. And I don't know why you don't listen to us. Yada, yada, yada. But I didn't care what they said. You know, they were providing a roof over my head and three meals a day while I tried to figure out how to get my life back together. That left a hole in my heart for years. I did you know, finally get a job that afforded me enough money to get my own place. And I started going out to the clubs again. I started 
well, you know, one night stands, of course, every once in a while. They didn't mean anything. It was just getting off. It wasn't about an emotional connection or anything like that. I don't know. I went on. I dated a, a few guys seriously, and there was one. Um, we'll call him Jeff. And I'd met him, and there was I'd been drinking. This was at the club. I was dancing and drinking. It was a Friday night, and we had this habit in the summertime. The club would be really full of people, and it would get really hot in there. And a lot of people were dancing, so there was a lot of sweating and heat. You would go outside to the front of the club just to kind of cool off in the in the uh, midnight air. There were these two guys standing out there. One night when I went out to just cool off, I was sweating. I'd been dancing, and I'd put my shirt back on. It was amazing that back then you could go into a club and take your shirt off and nobody said anything. Now you can't do that around here. But anyway, I was... Well, I was lit, and another guy that I knew, we were chatting, and we were looking at the other guys that were kind of standing around, and Jeff was with a friend of his. At least I thought it was a friend of his. The friend of mine pointed out Jeff's friend and said, boy, I, I, that's my type right there, and I just said out loud in a drunken state, he's not mine, and I pointed right at Jeff, and I was like, he's my type, and it pissed off Jeff's friend. I didn't know at the time that they were more than just friends. So anyway, I left it at that, went back inside, went back to dancing and stuff. And I looked up. If you remember, this is a club that has a sunk-in dance floor, and it has a railing on three sides. And people can stand at the railings and look down on the dance floor. Well, anyway, I was dancing, and I look up, and lo and behold, there's Jeff looking down at me. And then I'm like, oh, he's coming down here. He's coming down to the dance floor. And and he comes right to me. He leans into my ear you know, loud, so I can hear because the music's loud. And he puts a piece of paper in my hand and he just says, call me. And he walks off. Well, I did call him. We went out on a date and we started seeing each other. He was very attractive to me and he was funny. He was physically you know, he was very sexual, and that charisma really did come through in his personality. To be quite honest, he was a, a really nice distraction. The screenplay that I was shopping around in, in Hollywood, in the studios, it never came to fruition. No producers, no studios bought it. Of course, the agent dropped me at that point. My writing career was also in the toilet, but... I found this guy that was actually distracting me from all of the uh, things that were going wrong in my life. We were, had been dating well for several months, and I was aware that the other guy that was with him at, at the uh, club that night was more than just a friend. What I finally come to understand is that Jeff would almost make you believe that you were his boyfriend, but he had no intention of ever being monogamous. And he wouldn't tell you that, though. That's the problem I have with that situation, is that if you're going to be a person who doesn't want to be mon monogamous, then please tell the partner and let the partner decide. It should have been my decision on whether or not I wanted to be in a relationship like that, but it wasn't. Anyway, finally, after several months, it felt like it was just he and I. He, he wasn't seeing other people that I was aware of. At least I didn't think so. And talking to some of my friends, I was telling them that I thought I was actually probably falling in love with him. 
So I decided that I was going to tell him. <laughs> and I can remember it was a Friday night. We had went out to dinner. I was staying at his place. I was sort of in the conversation. I was hinting at my feelings and what I wanted to tell him. Well, I guess I wasn't too subtle because he figured out what I was going to say. He cut me off and he said, Alan, we've had this talk before. I told you, I don't want a relationship. I'm not in love with you. I'm not going to fall in love with you. I just like dating. That's it. Well, he burst my bubble just like that. That did lead to the end of us dating, even though every so often he would call and want to hook up because I'm that damn good, you know? <laughs> Jesus, I am. <laughs> oh, I have to laugh sometimes, you know? But <laughs> so anyway, that was all she wrote for him. So after, after Jeff, I really did become him. I became the aggressor. I decided that I wasn't going to date anyone seriously. I wanted to hook up with as many hot guys as I could. And I was going to show them a good time and I guess develop a reputation, but hell's bells, we're gay men who doesn't have a reputation in the gay community. <laughs> Honestly, right? I'm right, right? Of course I am. So for years, I just did that. I had a good close-knit circle of friends. I hooked up with guys whenever I wanted to, if the opportunity arose. So <laughs> let's flash forward about, well, let's say seven years I was working as a server in a cocktail bar. Oh, wait a minute. That's that song from Human League. I was a server at a gay bar and I met Scott. That's what we'll call him. I have mentioned Scott in a previous episode. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, you can go back to that one. Anyway, at least I think I've mentioned him before, haven't I? You know what? No, I haven't. I'm sorry. That was the episode that I'm that I lost in the recording. So anyway, I'm working as a server in a gay bar and I meet Scott and I felt a chemistry with him. He was flirtatious with me. I was flirtatious with him. He asked me on a date and I said, yes. Well, in our first couple of dates, he did provide me with a lot of information. He did come with a lot of baggage. He was going through a divorce from a woman. He had several children, several. He had a lot. And so that was something, at least he was being honest with me and upfront with me on that. I felt that we really did have a connection. We did seem to have great conversations. We were intimate with each other. We were honest with each other, I thought. And we were growing closer as we dated. I introduced him to friends and they all seemed to like him. I was growing deeper in like with him, heading toward love, possibly. I was just really excited about where the relationship was going. I mean, I always would feel nervous about it because I'd been burned, well, twice already. So we were dating and I was still working at the club. And uh, another friend of mine who had the same name as my boyfriend, we call him Scott, he would come in and we were friends. We've known, we had known each other a while. The friend Scott had broken up with his boyfriend who I knew for a long time too. Their breakup was a very bitter one. It was a very, there was a lot of animosity it seemed between them. One night 
My boyfriend, Scott, came in, he got off work, and he came in just to say hi, give me a kiss, and, and said, I'll see you later when uh, you get off. And he was going to spend the night at my house. And Scott, my friend, Scott, after my boyfriend left, he was like, that's who you're dating? And I'm like, yeah, we've been dating for a while. And he's like, you know that he cheated with, with my ex. And I'm like, well, no, I didn't know that, Scott. I had no idea. I'm sorry, but I don't know what I can say about that. And he just said, well, you know, I just think that he's not that great of a person. I think he's just not nice. And I'm like, okay, well, that involves you. I'm not so sure why you're mad at him when you should be mad at your ex, shouldn't you? But I digress. So it seemed like every time my friend Scott would come in, he would say something like, you still dating that guy? And I'm like, yeah, I'm still dating him. And he would still kind of rag on him all the time to the point where I finally just said, you know what, Scott, I, I really don't want to hear this anymore. I know how you feel about him. It's not how my relationship with him. It's just not what I feel with him. And, and he's not cheating on me. And I just would like you not to talk about it anymore. And he, and he was like, well, okay, fine. But, you know, I just don't think he is that good of a person. And you should think twice about getting too serious with him. And I'm like, your opinion is noted. So we were growing closer, I thought, so much so that I told my best friend, Chadwick, that I thought I was falling in love with him. That was the turning point right there, I believe, because the next night we were having dinner, my boyfriend, Scott, and me, we were having dinner at one of our favorite places. Once again, like I did with Jeff, I was kind of dropping hints that I wanted us to go deeper with our relationship. And once again, he picked up on it and he said, well, I've been meaning to talk to you about this for a while now, but I really feel like I need to see other people. I still want to date you, but I would really like to experience other guys too, since I've never done this before. And I was like, well, you know, it hurt. And I'm like, well, I, I appreciate you telling me this because that, that leaves it up to me to decide, do I want to have this sort of open relationship where you can date other people. And I told him, I'm sorry that I really didn't want that. So I guess, and I just said, I guess this is it then. And uh, we broke up and I was devastated and kind of confused. It did feel like it came out of left field, but it was over. You know, I called Chadwick and basically tell, told him and I cried on his shoulder a little bit and I was just kind of stunned. But, you know, I said, well, he told me and I said no. And, and that's that. So, you know, moved on. He was my ex then, but we still talked some on the phone and tried to salvage some kind of a, of a friendship, but it just wasn't working out for me. Well, let's move forward a couple of months. Some other friends came in. It was a night that I was working at the bar. The friend Scott was there with them for a little while, and then he said he had to go. We were chatting and everything. We were all sitting there chatting, having a drink or two. I was working, but I had a drink too. Well, we were sitting there and we were chatting. Scott, my friend Scott was there with my other friends. And he suddenly said, he, well, he had to go. He left and said his goodbyes, paid his tab, and he left. My other friend kind of chuckled. He's like, he's off to meet the boyfriend again. And I'm like, really? Who's? I didn't know he was dating anybody. And he goes, well, yeah, he's dating your ex. I'm like, what? Yeah, he's dating Scott. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's dating Scott. He told me that he despised Scott. He called him a piece of shit once. He said he cheated on him with his ex and he didn't like him. And he was telling me that I shouldn't date him. And my friend was like, well, I don't know anything about that, but they've been dating for quite a while. In fact, 
it seems like they started dating the minute that you two broke up. And I was like, what the fuck? So if you haven't figured it out yet, my boyfriend Scott was cheating on me with the friend Scott. And what Scott was doing was trying to put in a little bug in my ear that my boyfriend was not a great guy so that I would break up with him and they wouldn't feel so bad if they came into the bar together. Which would is a stupid thing to think because I'm like, you're dating the person that you said you despised and was a cheater? I literally call up my ex and I said, is this true? He didn't say yes, but he didn't say no either. He didn't deny it. And I'm like, how could you do that to me? I, I thought I actually gave you props for telling me at dinner that you wanted to date other people. But you did that as a last resort, didn't you? Everything else you you, you and your conspiracy-driven boyfriend tried didn't work. So you finally had to, to tell the truth. Why in the fuck would you do that to me? Now, I was humiliated. Everybody else seemed to know it was going on. I even called the friend Scott's ex and, and asked him. I said, did you know this is going on? He goes, well, thank the Lord you finally know that they're dating. And I says, well, why didn't you tell me? And he was like, girl, you wouldn't have believed me if I did. You needed to find out for yourself. And I'm glad you did. I'm glad it's finally out in the open. I really was very, very angry. I was like, if you'd have told me the truth, it would have been my decision. But you took that away from me. You come out almost nice, but because you did all this other stuff, now I don't trust you at all and I don't want to speak to you or anything. And so that was it. I just could not believe that people would go to that extreme to get me to break up with them when they should have just screwed me over in the first place. I think you get an idea now of why I'm a little bit cynical when it comes to L-O-V-E, right? I'm going to just tell one more quick story. I did fall for one other person. I'm not even going to give him a name. I'm just going to call him the guy or whatever. I did really fall hard for him. There was an age difference, but we were really close. I mean, we spent so much time together. We had kissed once, and I think we slept in the bed one time together, but it was more like a dating thing. I did express my feelings for him, and he basically said, there's just no way. Uh, the age difference is too much, and I just couldn't deal with that. And so I'm like, so you would be embarrassed of, about other people knowing. And he didn't say that, but that's the gist I got from it. And in frustration, I just said to him, I said, if you were in a car accident and you were paralyzed and you couldn't, you could never walk again, who would be the person that would stand by you and take care of you? And he said, well, you would. And I'm like, that's not enough. That doesn't mean anything to you. Apparently it didn't. And so the relationship was gone. The friendship was gone. And that was it. So now you know why I call love a four-letter word. So, after telling you those stories, I guess you can say that from my own personal experience, it's pretty clear that love is a very elusive thing. It's not something that just falls in your lap, I don't believe. Even though I think a lot of people do believe that, and it has for some. I've always heard that when you least expect it is when it'll happen. And when you're not looking for it is when you find it. And that's great. I'm glad people have and do. And maybe I will someday. But even if I do, I am on guard completely. So on guard. And I'm always trying to protect myself. I'm so cynical about it 
that I don't know that I will even be able to recognize it if it happens. I have been single so long and I can take care of myself. It's going to be hard for someone to break through those walls because I don't need anything from anyone. I would just need a relationship, a connection with someone, a friendship with someone, someone to grow old with, someone who will take care of me like I would take care of them. And maybe someday it will happen, but I'm not going to hold my breath for it. I'm not counting on it. And that's fine. It's okay with me being single. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Alan After Dark. I hope you've had fun. I hope you've been entertained and maybe informed. Remember, take life by the balls and be real. We'll see you soon. Thank you.